with the negative Nancy's. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the first ever Christmas special of Let's Bitch with the Negative Nancy's. My name is Roy Walker and I'm joined at the adult table today with my fellow Nancy's, Primo Thomas, Matt DeVita, and guest Nancy superfan, Chris, star of the show, Kelly. With us as always is Junior Nancy and the baby boy with the resting Grinch face, who we truly love from head to mistletoe, Tyler Cleary. Today we will be performing A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens as we record from five separate locations with warm milk and sugar cookies. With that, we ask all the jingle ladies, all the jingle ladies, to slay my name, slay my name. Ugh. Happy holidays to everyone. Today we are joined with Mr. Wow. Scrooge himself, Chris <clears throat> Kelly. But before we get into that, let's play catch up and spread some Christmas cheer. Leading off with our guest, Chris, how have you been and what have you been up to? Um, well, I, I was not prepared to have a conversation, but um, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> I have been in my house a lot. I feel like I hang out in the same room where I'm teaching children's school. Um... And very rarely uh, see someone socially distanced across the room. So I kind of am going a little stir crazy. But um, I'm feeling good this afternoon. There's a light snow falling outside. Oh, so nice. that's lovely. That's all I fucking got. All right. Um, any, anyone else want to yeah. contribute what they've been doing or do we get right into it? Well, by the time that this drops for the holiday season, I will be a father of two. Um, uh, recording this, <laughs> recording this um, three days from now. Oh, a little Christmas miracle! Lady Freya will be entering the world, so my life's about to get flipped upside down. Oh man, I'm so excited! Um, Life flip part two, and I'm gonna be a fucking guide parent. Yeah, you are. I know. Don't fuck it up. Aww. I know. I'm not going to fuck it up. I'm not going to fuck it up. Um, let's see. Matthew, God what have you been doing? Are you happy? Are you happy with your life? Uh, uh, yeah, shit. I mean, I, I'm coming more uh, uh, to terms with things and how they are. Uh, I have now <laughs> discovered... Uh, <laughs> no, um, I have recently discovered TikTok. That's a thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I did like... My condolences. You know what? Here's the thing. I post so I started a drumming Instagram and like not even my friends sometimes see my videos and then I post once on TikTok and I got over 300 likes. So Oh well if you're using it for that that's great. Like that's a great idea. Right exactly. So that's what I'm using it for. It's been uh, I'm glad all the 16-year-olds can see your drumming videos. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, Tyler. Yeah, are you gonna start a Jonas Brothers tribute band? <laughs> uh, I haven't been doing much. Just been, uh, you know, chilling and doing schoolwork, man. That's all I really had time to do. Yeah. How was seventh grade? Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty good. I haven't gotten below a ninety-five yet, so there's oh, that yeah. for me. He does seventh grade in Florida, makes it, which makes it a lot easier. So He's that's a good. Florida yeah. 95 like, and a New York the, 60. The learning standards are pretty low. <laughs> All right. That that humidity obviously makes your bangs real curly. Yeah. yeah it does. It does. <laughs> um, Tyler, for those of you who can't see him because it's a podcast, has these gorgeous fucking ginger curls that are straight up <laughs> Satan coming out of his head. Um, and I haven't been doing yeah. anything. I've been trying to find a job, which is hard because I lost my Amen job because we were all done dirty. But um, anyway, let's. Uh, I guess we can just go r get right into the uh, the old the old Christmas Carol here. <clears throat> so I'm yeah. gonna start some music. A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens has long been a classic. 
As the old year draws towards its close, we of the Negative Nancys find a bond of warmth and gratitude towards each of you, our friends. For, you see, in homes everywhere throughout the land, our podcast has been somewhat welcomed. And there isn't anything we appreciate more deeply than the fact that so many of you have elected to let the Negative Nancys complain about things to your ears directly. And so, when Christmas comes, we look about to find some way to show our appreciation, some Christmas present by which to say thank you. The gift we chose this year has become a tender part of Christmas to many and many a family. It has become a Christmas custom, and as families of yesteryear gather, dude, what is this? We are not five seconds into this. This doesn't, this is like, hold on. Just start it over, Tyler. All right. (laughs) Just fucking talk, goddammit. I'm trying. People are laughing, so it's making me laugh. All right, all right, I'm composed, I'm composed. It has become a Christmas custom, and as the families of yesteryear gathered around the radio to enjoy a Christmas carol before... We hope you too can gather around some form of smart speaker or podcast capable device to enjoy this one too. And as Mima and Peepa make me say, <laughs> God damn it, Roy. Just say the last line. Say it. You have to say it. And as Mima and Peepa make me say each and every Christmas, God bless us, everyone. Compose, Chris. Compose. (laughs) We give you a Christmas carol, the podcast drama. Humbug. Molly was dead to begin with. There's no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner. Scrooge signed it, and Scrooge's name was good upon change for anything he chose to put his head to. Old Molly was dead as a doornail. Scrooge knew he was dead? Of course he did. Scrooge and Molly were partners for I don't know how many years. Ah, but he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone with Scrooge. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. And once upon a time, of all the good days in the year, on Christmas Eve, old Scrooge sat busy in his counting house, a grim, cheerless place if there ever was one. The door of Scrooge's counting house was open that he might keep an eye upon his clerk, Bob Cratchit, who in a cold and dismal little cell beyond worked at his ledgers. 19, 21, 22, very gentlemen, nothing you dismay. Uh, 23, 26, 29, 9, carry the 2, uh, Christmas Day. 17, 13, 17, 7. Bob Cratchit! Uh, 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 yes, Mr. Scrooge? Stop that infernal caterwauling! Uh, yes, sir. At uh, nine, fifteen, seventeen. Sing their idiotic Christmas carols at my very door. Gordon, get away from my door. <laughs> Go somewhere else and bellow your blasted carols, or I'll give you a. Why, Governor? 
It's an old custom at Christmas time, you know? Yes, and I don't want any of your old customs. Take your fellow fools and go away. Christmas. Blah. Right, sir. Merry Christmas anyway, sir. Now, you get that letter from Higgins and Blackthorn Cratchit, and then I want you to finish posting this ledger. And after that, you can pop over to Parthengill's and tell a fry in Parthengill you've come after the 17 shillings and sixpence he's owed me since Michael Mars. And tell him I shall have a constable over there if he doesn't pay up at once. Uh, Mr. Parthengill's wife has been ill, sir. <laughs> what do I care about his wife? I want my 17 and six. Uh, I, I, I just thought it being Christmas, sir. Christmas? Christmas? You mentioned that word to me once more, Bob Cratchit. Now! A Merry Christmas, Uncle! A Merry Christmas, Bob! Uh, Merry Christmas, Fred! God save you, Uncle! Ah! Humbug! Christmas humbug, Uncle? Now, I'm sure you don't mean that. I mean just that. Exactly that. Merry Christmas. What right have you to be merry? What reason have you? You're poor enough. Well, what right have you to be dismal about Christmas, Uncle? You're rich enough. Nah. Now, Uncle, don't be cross. Well, what else can I be when I live in a world of fools? What's Christmas to you but a time for paying bills without money? Merry Christmas. A time for finding yourself a year older, not an hour richer. If I could work my will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips would be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. He should. Uncle! Now... <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset over this. <clears throat> now, nephew, keep Christmas in your way and I'll keep it in mine. Keep it? But you don't keep it, Uncle. Well, let me leave it alone then. What do you want? Christmas gift, I've no doubt. I, I came to wish you a Merry Christmas, Uncle. A Merry Christmas. Much good may Merry Christmas do you. Ha! Much good it has ever done you. There are many things from which I derive good by which I have not profited materially. I dare say, Uncle, Christmas among the rest. But I have always thought of Christmas time as a good time. A kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. And therefore, Uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe it has done me good and will do me good. And I say, God bless it. God bless Christmas, hurrah! Let me hear another sound out of you there, Bob Cratchit, and you'll keep your Christmas by losing your situation. As to you, nephew, I wonder you don't go into Parliament. You talk enough nonsense. Oh, don't be angry, Uncle. I want nothing from you. I ask nothing of you. Why can't we be friends? Good afternoon. <sighs> I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, I tried. A Merry Christmas to you, Uncle. Good afternoon. And a Happy New Year, too. Ah, a mug. And a Merry Christmas to you, Bob, and the missus, and of course to Tiny Tim. Oh, thank you, Mr. Fred. Same to you, sir. Good day, sir. Good day, Bob. Nonsense. Twaddle. Flummery. Talking of Christmas and not two sixpence to jingle together in his trousers pocket. Hey, are you there? Bob Cratchit. Come here. What are you doing there? Uh, I'm only putting a bit more coal on the fire, Mr. Scrooge. Seeing it's so cold in here, sir. You put that coal back into the scuttle. A fire? 
A thigh indeed. I can tell you, if you use coal at that rate, you and I will soon be parting company, Bob Cratchit. You understand that? There's many a young fellow like your situation, you know. I'm sorry, sir. My fingers were getting a little stiff with the cold, and I just thought... Then put on your mittens. There's someone at the door. Go on, see who it is. Yes, sir. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Is this the firm of Scrooge and Marley? Uh, yes, sir. I should like to see the head of the firm, if I may. Oh, very good, sir. What is it? Uh, a gentleman to see you, Mr. Scrooge. Yeah. Have I the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley? Marley's been dead these seven years tonight. I'm Scrooge. Well now, Mr. Scrooge, at this season of the year, it's only fitting that we, who are more fortunate, should raise a fund to buy the poor some meat and drink and means of warmth. You may not believe it, sir, but many thousands are no and won't of common necessities. Uh, and hundreds and thousands are in want of simple comforts. Are there no prisons? Well, there are plenty of prisons, sir. And the workhouses, they're still in operation, I trust? I wish I could say they are not, but they still are, sir. The treadmill and the parlour are in full vigour, then? Both very busy, sir. Ah, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> I was afraid from what you said first that something had occurred to stop them in their useful course. No, sir. All these institutions that you mention are flourishing. But it's nevertheless true that some additional provision for the poor and destitute must be made. A few of us upon change are endeavouring to raise such a fund. You see, and uh, uh, what shall I put you down for? Nothing. Oh, I see. You wish to be anonymous, sir. I wish to be left alone. I don't make myself merry at Christmas time, and I can't afford to help make a lot of idle people merry. I help to support the establishments that take care of the poor. They cost enough. Let those who are badly off go there. Many can't go there, sir. And many would rather die. Then, my advice to them is to do so and decrease the surplus population. Besides, I've only your word for it, that is also. It's the truth, Mr. Scrooge. Yes, so be it then. It's not my business. It's enough for a man to understand his own business and not interfere with other people's. Mine occupies me constantly. Good afternoon, sir. I quite understand, Mr. Scrooge. Good afternoon. Cratchit, show this gentleman out. Yes, sir. This way, sir, please. Uh, sir, I, I couldn't help overhearing. I should like to contribute tuppence. Cratchit. Uh, yes, sir. It isn't much, but it's all I can afford. But there are others in worse situation than I. You're a generous fellow. I wish I might say so of your employer. Cratchit. Yes, sir. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Cratchit! Merry Christmas! Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, yes, sir. Close the door. Yes, sir. Twenty-four, thirty-one, one carrier three, a new scarlet tippet for Tiny Tim, a comb for Martha, thirty-three, carrier three, a hair ribbon for Belinda, four, seven, twelve, fifteen. Cratchit. Uh, yes, sir. I yes, sir. It's too late to have you go to Parthagiddles. It'll be closed for Christmas like these other fools. 
We may as well close up the place now. Uh, yes, sir. It is getting a little dark. Hard to see the figures. I... I suppose you'll want the entire day tomorrow? If it's quite convenient, sir. It is not convenient. And it's not fair either. But I suppose I can't do anything about it. <laughs> if... If I was to stop half a crown of your wages, you'd think yourself very ill-used, I'll be bound. Well, sir, I, uh... Yeah, but you don't think me ill-used when I pay a day's wages for no work. It's only once a year, sir. Once a year. Once a year, indeed. A fine excuse for picking a man's pockets every 25th of December. But I suppose there's no good talking. You must have the whole day. Well... See that you're here all the earlier the next morning. You understand? Oh, I will, sir. I will indeed. Good night, sir. And Merry Christmas. Bah. Merry Christmas. Bah. The office was closed in a twinkling, and Bob Cratchit, with the long ends of his white comforter dangling below his waist, for he boasted no great coat, went down a slide on Cornhill twenty times in honor of its being Christmas Eve, and then ran home to Camden Town as hard as he could pelt to play with his family at Blind Man's Bluff. Scrooge, on the other hand, took his melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern. Having read all the newspapers and spent the rest of the evening with his banker's book, went to his dismal house. Darkness is cheap, and Scrooge liked it. The yard was so dark that even Scrooge, who knew its every stone, had to grope with his hands through the fog and the frost to find the door. Scrooge walked through his rooms to see that all was right. Sitting room, bedroom, lumber room, all as they should be. Nobody under the table, nobody under the sofa, nobody under the bed, nobody in the closet. Close the door. He locked himself in, he double-locked himself in, took off his cravat, put on his dressing gown and slippers and his nightcap, and sat down before the fire to take his gruel. I sold. Ah, humbug. And he's been dead these seven years. Humbug. All humbug. What I need is a good night. What? What's that? Someone's in the wine cellar. But the door's locked and double locked. Someone. Something is coming. Some, something is, is coming closer. Outside my door, bah! I won't believe it, it's humbug still! Ebenezer Scrooge! Ebenezer Scrooge! <sighs> Marley! Oh no! What do you want with me? I want much of you, Ebenezer! Who. who are you? Ask me who I was. Uh, you're very particular for a ghost. Alright then, who were you? In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. Jacob Marley? 
you're dead. You died seven years ago. Seven years ago this very night. You are a ghost, then. What's wrong, Ebenezer? Don't you believe in me? I do not. <laughs> you doubt your senses, Ebenezer! <laughs> yes, yes, because a little thing affects them. A slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheats. You, you can't be a ghost. You may be an undigested bit of beef, or a blot of mustard, or a crumb of cheese, a fragment of an underdone potato. There may be more gravy than grave about you, or whatever you are. Ha, humbug, I tell you, humbug! <laughs> I do believe you. You are a ghost, Jacob. Thank you. But why? Why do you walk the earth, Jacob? Why do you come to me? It is required by every man that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel far and wide to witness what it cannot share, but might have shared on earth, and turn to happiness. But tell me, Jacob, what's that chain you wear around you? I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard, but by my own free will. Is the pattern strange to you, Ebenezer? Cash boxes, keys and padlocks, ledgers and purses. Yours was as heavy and as long as this seven years ago. You have labored on it since, Ebenezer. Oh, Jacob, speak comfort to me, Jacob. Comfort? I have none to give. I cannot rest. I cannot stay. I cannot linger. Weary journeys lie before me. You travel fast? Yes, Ebenezer. On the wings of the wind. Seven years dead and traveling all the time. Seven years, Ebenezer. Seven years of remorse, Ebenezer. Do you know that no space of regret can make amends for one's life's opportunities misused? But you were always a good man of business, Jacob. Business? Mankind was my business. Charity, mercy, benevolence. They were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in comprehensive ocean of my business. Jacob, Jacob, don't take on so now, Jacob. Listen to me, Ebenezer. I'll listen to you, Jacob. Go on now, Jacob. Speak to me, but don't be so flowery. Ebenezer, I'm here to warn you that you have yet a chance of hope in escaping my fate. Do you hear that, Ebenezer? Yes, Jacob, yes. You're always a good friend to me, Jacob. Thanks, Jacob. But, but go on, go on, go on, go on. How shall I escape? I'm afraid, Jacob. You will be haunted by three spirits. Is that the only chance and hope, Jacob? It is your only chance and hope. Well, then I think I'd rather not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect first tomorrow when the bell tolls one. Couldn't I take them all at once and have it over, Jacob? Ebenezer, look that for your own sake. You remember what has passed between us. Remember, when the bell tolls one, look for the first spirit. Marley! Jacob Marley! Scrooge awoke. He was lying on his bed, fully dressed. Suddenly, the curtains of his bed were drawn aside, and Scrooge found himself face to face with the unearthly visitor who drew them as close to it as I am now to you. And I am standing in the spirit at your elbow. It was a strange figure. A child, yet not so like a child as like an old man. 
Its hair, which hung about its neck and down its back, was white as if with age, and yet the face had not a wrinkle in it, and the tenderest bloom was on its skin. The arms were long and muscular, the hands the same, as if its hold were of uncommon strength. Ebenezer Scrooge. Who? Who's that? Ebenezer Scrooge, I've come for you. You? Uh, uh, are you the spirit, sir, whose coming was foretold to me? I am that spirit. Ooh. Who? What are you? I'm the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? No, your past. But what do you want from me? What brings you here to haunt me? Your welfare, Ebenezer Scrooge. Rise and walk with me. Oh, no, 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 no. Not, not, not out of the window. Why, I can't do that. I'll fall down. Not a spirit. I'm mortal and I'll fall. Bear but a touch upon your heart. And you shall be upheld in more than this. Come, follow me. Where are we? What's become of the city? And there's... There's snow upon the ground. Where are we? These are the shadows. The things that have been. Do you recognize this countryside? I know every inch of it. Every rock, every tree. And that bleak building over there. Ah, that building. I was a boy there. Yes, I went to school in that horrible place. Do you recollect the path? I could walk it blindfold. Strange! You should have forgotten it so many years ago. Come, let us go closer. Look through the window into that cold, barren room. What do you see, Ebenezer Scrooge? I see a boy. A solitary child, neglected by his family. Alone? Yes, yes, I see. I know that boy. Oh, I was so lonely. Poor boy. Your lip is trembling, Scrooge. And what is that on your cheek? It's nothing. Nothing at all. I wish I... It's too late now. What's the matter? Nothing, nothing. The waves came to my door singing Christmas carols last night. There was a boy like that among them. Poor, pale, thin little boy in a ragged coat. I should like to have given him something, that's all. Is that all? Come, Ebenezer Scrooge. Let us see another Christmas. Do you know this place, Ebenezer Scrooge? Know it, know it. This is the counting house where I apprenticed. It's my old master. Bless his heart, old Fezziwig. My master, alive again. And hosting one of his Christmas parties. Pick your partners. Listen to him. Corkscrew, thread the needle, and back to your places. And there's Dick Wilkins. Oh, Dick. Dear, dear, dear. Yes, and look, there's Mrs. Fezziwig herself, looking younger than any of them. 
and the table's all loaded with roasts and cider, mince pie and beer. What a jolly time we used to have. That carefree young man with a light heart and a gay smile. Do you recognize him? Yes, yes, yes. Merciful heaven. How happy I was then. A small matter for old Fezziwig to make those silly folks so full of joy. Small matter. Small indeed. Isn't it? He has spent only a few pounds of your mortal money. Is that so much that he deserves praise? It's not that. It's not that spirit. Oh, Fezziwig has the power to make us happy or unhappy, to make our service light or heavy. His power lies in words and looks and things so tiny that it's impossible to count them up. The happiness he gives is quite as great as if it cost it. What's the matter? Uh, nothing. Nothing at all, spirit. Hmm, something, I think. No, no. Speak. Well, only... It's just that I should like to be able to say a word or two to my clerk. Bob Cratchit, that's all. My time grows short, and we have yet another journey to make. Where now? Come. This is our last visit to the past, Ebenezer. Here, in this little room, with a fair young girl by your side. Do you recognize yourself, Ebenezer? No, 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 spare me this. You're older now, a man in the prime of his life. Your face has begun to wear the signs of care and avarice. Your eyes are greedy. The eager, restless eyes of a miser. No, no, please. She knows it too. That girl by your side. There are tears in her eyes. Just give me a second. Just one second. <laughs> Just one second. I have to prepare myself for what I'm about to oh, do. Oh, no. Don't do an accent. Just do the high pitch. Yeah, high pitched. It's kind of hard because, like... Whenever I do the high pitch, I'm usually making fun of people in Pennsylvania. So. You make fun of them a lot. Every time I drive through it, which is pretty often. Uh, <clears throat> it matters to you. Oh, well, fuck. I fucked it up already. <laughs> One second. It matters little to you. Very little. I know that. Said Belle. Belle, have I changed toward you? When we were engaged, we were both poor. <laughs> Was it better then? Better to be poor? Better. At least to be happy. You're changed. You're another man then. I was a boy. You blame me because I've grown wiser? Have I ever tried to break our engagement? In words? No. Never. In what then? In a changed nature. In an altered spirit in everything that made my love of any value in your sight. So I release you from your promise. Jesus. Belle! Oh fuck, this is a long one. <laughs> You're actually doing great, so... You're doing great, right, darling. Keep it coming, keep it coming. Oh, at first it may cause you pain to lose me. A very brief pain. But soon it will be dim, like a half-remembered dream. 
an unprofitable dream, and you will be glad to be awake from such a dream. May you be happy in the life you have chosen, Ebenezer, for the love of whom you once loved. That's enough. Show me no more. Take me home. These were the shadows of the things that have been. That they are what they are. Do not blame me. No, no more, no more. One shadow more. Come! Do you see this man, Ebenezer Scrooge? This man might have been you, and the woman beside him your wife. And that girl... That girl might have been your daughter, Ebenezer Scrooge. She might have called you father. She might have been a springtime in the haggard winter of your life. Spirit, let me go. Show me no more. Listen now while they speak, Ebenezer. Bell, I saw an old friend of yours today. <laughs> Bell. <laughs> Bell. Are, are you doing that? Thank you for doing the Gaston voice for Bell. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh. He ends up with Bell. Cool. Who was it? Guess. <laughs> How can I? It, oh, I know. Mr. Scrooge. Mr. Scrooge, it was. I passed his office window, it wasn't shuttered. There was a candle inside, I couldn't help seeing him. His partner Marley lies at the point of death, I hear. And there Scrooge sat, all alone. Quite alone in the world, I do believe. Spirit, I can't bear any more. Leave me. Haunt me no more. Take me back. Take me back. You are listening to the Negative Nancy's Playhouse, bringing you tonight the first and most likely last annual presentation of Charles Dickens' <laughs> A Christmas Carol, starring Chris Kelly as Scrooge. This is a Let's Bitch production. Let's <laughs> Bitch production! Yeah. It is time for 30 Seconds with Bell. 30 Seconds with Bell. I'm not doing it in that voice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very merry holiday special edition of 30 Seconds with Tyler. Fuck yeah. For those of you not in the know, this segment's when our very own voice actor, Tyler Cleary, gets to talk about anything he wants <laughs> within the 30 second time limit. And then we get to ridicule him mercilessly for it. Tyler, how's it going today? It's going, dog. It's going. How about yourself? Pretty great, man. I'm feeling pretty jolly today. Um, I'm excited to see what you have up your sleeve. Um, You ready to roll? I am, dog. I am. All right. Well, Santa's little helper, Roy, spin that shit. You got it, Santa. America was Charles Dickens' least favorite place. Though he loved the fast-growing cities and was awed by a trip out west, Dickens did not necessarily have the best time overall, especially in the country's capital. He complained in a letter about his U.S. travels, saying, As Washington may be called the capital headquarters of the tobacco-tinctured salvia, the time has come when I must confess without any disguise 
that the prevalence of those two odious practices of chewing and expirating began about this time to be anything but agreeable and soon became most offensive and sickening. Okay. He didn't like tobacco. Okay. Mm. Yeah, he hated America because of tobacco. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> yep. Well, it is customary that we allow our guests to judge 30 Seconds with Tyler first. So, Chris, on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest and 10 being... You know how it works. What would you give him? Oh, um, <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I'm a frequent listener, and I've been listening to these these new old episodes and just just thunderstruck by, like, just the ridiculous low scores that you guys like to give him sometimes for kind of... <laughs> <laughs> bullshit reasons like bullshit especially matthew devito um mm-hmm. and i did giggle when he mispronounced odious but but um mm. i i stand tyler so i'm gonna say uh 8.5 8.5 nice uh preem what would you give him well i'm feeling in a relatively jolly mood today um so i'm gonna go with a solid eight um, I'm not about crushing souls before Christmas. I'm just not about it. Mateo, what would you give him? Well, I am about crushing souls. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> I give him a three. Uh... Uh, so, uh, no, it was like, it was fine. Yeah, that, that was, that was, that was kosher. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a jolly six as opposed to a regular bland six. A jolly six. <laughs> well, at least it has a little a Christmas spirit in it. Jolly six. So, uh, Tyler, I thought you did really, 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 really well for not doing it in a really, 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 really long time. So I'm going to give you, even though we gave you two tries and you went over the time limit, I'm going to give you a fucking nine, bro, because I thought that was awesome. A fucking nine, bro. A fucking nine. A fucking nine. Hey! Which gives you a total of 31.5, and it means that we can't call you Bell for the rest of the day. <laughs> Damn it! I don't All know right, that's gonna stop me, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Um. So I guess Act Two then, eh? Oh. And now back to the Negative Nancy's Playhouse for our dramatic conclusion of A Christmas Carol, which you already know. On the stroke of one, Scrooge awakened suddenly and sat bolt upright in his own bed. He remembered the words of Marley's ghost and wondered from which direction the second specter would appear. At that moment, nothing between a baby and a rhinoceros would have astonished him very much. Now, being prepared for almost anything, he was not by any means prepared for nothing. And consequently, when no shape appeared, he was taken with a violent fit of trembling. Five minutes. Ten minutes. A quarter of an hour went by, yet nothing came. Then, as he sat in his bed, he became aware gradually of a great blaze of ruddy light which seemed to shine upon him from the adjoining room. He got up softly and shuffled in his slippers to the door. He was in his own sitting room, no doubt about that, but it had undergone a surprising transformation. The walls and ceiling were so hung with living green that it looked a perfect grove from every part of which bright, gleaming berries glistened, and such a mighty blaze was roaring in the chimney, as had never been known in Scrooge's time, or for many and many a winter season gone by. 
heaped on the floor to form a kind of throne where turkeys, geese, game, poultry, great joints of meat, suckling pigs, long wreaths of sausages, mince pies, plum puddings, barrels of oysters, red-hot chestnuts, and seething bowls of punch that made the chamber dim with their delicious steam. In easy state upon this couch there sat a jolly giant, glorious to see, who bore a glowing torch in the shape not unlike Plenty's horn, and held it up, high up, to shed its light on Scrooge as he came peeping around the door. Come in, come in, Ebenezer Scrooge, and know me better, man! Who? Who? I am the ghost of Christmas present! Look upon me! You've never seen the like of me before! You're... you're different from the other spirit. You're tall, almost a giant, and that great torch you carry. Its light pours into the homes of rich and poor alike. Spirit, take me where you will. Last time I went against my will and learnt a lesson which is working now. If you have anything to teach me, let me profit by it. Touch my robe, Ebenezer Scrooge. Touch my robe. Really? <laughs> Where have you brought me, spirit? A humble dwelling in a humble street. It's humble enough. Yet there is happiness here. Who, who are these people? Who's that woman and, that, and the children? These are the family of your clerk, Bob Cratchit. His wife, dressed in a twice-turned gown, but brave in ribbons, laying the table for their Christmas dinner. And there, assisting her, is her daughter Belinda, and the young man with the fork and the stuffing. That's Master Peter Cratchit. And the two little Cratchits. Listen, Scrooge. Here's Martha, Mother, said daughter number two with enthusiasm. Martha! <clears throat> well, bless your heart alive, Martha, my dear. Merry Christmas to you. Mrs. Cratchit compassionately remarked. Merry Christmas, Mother. Fuck, I did the same voice. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, Mother. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Martha. Merry Christmas, Mother. How late you are, my dear. Mrs. Cratchit said with concern. Oh, we'll deal with the work to finish up last night. We had to clear away this morning. Martha remarked. Well, never mind. So as long as you're here now. Sit ye down before the fire and have warm. Lord bless thee. The understanding mother declared with emotions. <laughs> Where's father? An uneasy Martha replied. He's been to church with Tiny Tim. They'll be along directly, said Mrs. Cratchit. How is Tiny Tim, mother? Any better at all? Said Martha with concern. Sometimes I think he is. And sometimes I think... Oh dear God, if anything should happen to Tiny Tim. Mother... You mustn't even think of such a thing, said Martha as she cuts off her mother for theatrical tension. <laughs> Here they are, Mother. Here they are, Martha. It's Father and Tiny Tim. Hello, Father. There's Tiny Tim, said Mrs. Cratchit jubilantly. Merry Christmas, everybody. Martha, welcome, my dear. Merry Christmas, Father and Tim, said Martha with love. Merry Christmas, Martha. Oh, Tim, you darling. Oh, Father, I'm so glad to be home. The compassionate Martha cried out. And we're so glad to have you, Martha. And how did little Tim behave in church, Bob? Said his wife. Oh, good as gold and better. I like church, Mother. Oh, they sang the nicest songs. I hope people saw me there. Saw you there? And what, Tim? Mrs. Cratchit said curiously. Well, don't you see? Because I blame! 
And if they saw my crotch, it might be pleasant for them to remember on Christmas who it was made lame beggars walk and blind men see. Oh, bless you, my son. I'm not a treat, mother. I'm hungry. I'm a goose, mother. What are they having to eat, mother? Yes, children. We're all ready. Come. Come, take your places now. And, Bob, wait your turn. There's plenty. Stuffing and dressing and plum pudding for all of you. Martha, you take care, Tiny Tim. Said Mrs. Cratchit. (laughs) Yes, Mother. Martha said reluctantly. You see that? He eats plenty. He must get tall and well. Now sit down. Sit down, everyone. The mother cried out with artificial joy. (laughs) Ah, now, my dears. Shall we say grace? Spirit, tell me if Tiny Tim will live. I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a crutch without an owner, carefully preserved. Oh, no, no. No, no, kind spirit. Say he'll be spared. Say he'll live. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, Ebenezer, the child will die. Amen. Hello, Father. And now, my dears, with such a dinner and a toast, a Merry Christmas to us all, and God bless us. Amen, said Mrs. Cratchit. God bless us, everyone. And now to Mr. Scrooge. Oh, oh he no. sucks. I give you a toast to Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. The founder of the feast, indeed. Who pays you all of 15 shillings a week? I wish I had him here. I give him a piece of my mind to feast on, and I hope he'd have a good appetite for it. Mrs. Cratchit bitched loudly. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, my dear, the children. Christmas Day. Well, it should be Christmas Day. I'm sure on which one drinks the health of such an odious, stingy, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. You know he is, Bob. Nobody knows it better than you, poor fellow. Mrs. Cratchit nagged once more. (laughs) My dear Christmas Day. I'll drink his health for your sake and the days, not for his. Long life to him, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. He'll be very merry and very happy. I have no doubt, Mrs. Cratchit exclaimed. And I say, God bless him too, Mother, and everyone. He's right. He's right. Yes, very good, I agree too. Bless him. There was nothing of high mark in all this. They were not a handsome family, the Cratchits. They were not well dressed. Their shoes were far from being waterproof. Their clothes were scanty and had known very likely the insides of a pawnbroker's. But they were happy, grateful, pleased with one another, and contented with the time. When at last they faded, Scrooge had his eye upon them, and especially on Tiny Tim until the last. Many calls Scrooge made that night with the ghost of Christmas present. Down among the miners they went, who labor in the bowels of the earth, and out to sea among the sailors at their watch, dark, ghastly figures in their several stations. Much they saw, and far they went, and many places they visited, but always with a happy end. The spirits stood beside sick beds, and they were cheerful, on foreign lands, and they were close at home, by poverty, and it was rich. 
in almshouse hospital jail, where vain men in their little brief authority had not made the fast door and barred the spirit out. The spirit left his blessing. It was a long night. If it was only a night. And it was strange, too, that while Scrooge remained unaltered in his outward form, the ghost grew older, clearly older. My life upon this globe is very brief, Ebenezer. It ends tonight. Tonight? Tonight at midnight. Hark, the hour has come. Oh, no, no, not yet, not yet. There are still more things I wish to learn. These you will learn from another spirit. Still another spirit, Ebenezer. Scrooge looked about him for the ghost. It had vanished, and he found himself once more in his bed, in his dressing gown and his nightcap on his head. He heard the clock strike, and then... He remembered the prediction of old Jacob Marley, and lifting up his eyes, beheld the third spirit. A solemn phantom shrouded in black, draped and hooded, coming towards him slowly and silently, like a mist along the ground. I know you. You, you are the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Show me the shadows of things that have not happened, but will happen in the time before us. Answer me, spirit, ghost of the future. I fear you more than any spectre I've seen. Yet I know your purpose is to do me good, and as I hope to live to be another man from what I was, lead on. Lead on. The night's waiting fast, and time's precious. Spirit, why have you brought me here again? Here to Bob Cratchit's home? But it's not the same, what? Why is it so quiet, so very quiet? Mother, mother, please. Martha said to her mother as she was crying. Oh, my son, my little son, Tiny Tim, I loved him so. Oh, mother, dear, you mustn't. It's almost time for father to be home. Don't let you see him crying. Yes, yes, Martha. He's late tonight. He walks slower than he used to, and yet, I've known him to walk very fast indeed with Tiny Tim on his shoulders. So have I, Mother. But he was light to carry, and his father loved him so that it was no trouble. No trouble. Bob! Good evening, my dear. You're late, Bob. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry, my dear. I... I went to the churchyard today. I, I wish you could have gone with me. It would have done your heart good to see how sweet and green a place it is. But you'll see it often, I promised him. Yes, I promised Tiny Tim we'd walk there on a Sunday. Father, dear, it's God's will, Bob! <laughs> I'm trying to understand it, my dear. <laughs> my son, my little son, Tiny Tim, and I loved him so. Oh, that's cruel. Cruel. Spirit, can't you give me one ray of hope that I may change all that? That Tiny Tim may live? Where are you taking me now? Here, on a common street, Spirit. What is there for me to learn here? Who, who are these men? I don't know much about it either way. I only know he's dead. When they die? 
Oh, well, last night, I believe. It's likely to be a very cheap funeral upon my life. I don't know anybody to go to it. Say, Clyde, suppose we make up a party and volunteer. Well, Mayor, I don't mind going if a lunch is provided. <laughs> Come to think of it, I'll bet I was his best friend. What's that? We used to nod to each other when we met in the street. <laughs> Spirit, help me. Who was the man that died? Is there no one to mourn the poor creature? No one to follow him to the grave? Perhaps they'll give him a green grave at least, like poor Tiny Tim. Perhaps... Spirit, where are we now? Merciful heaven, a churchyard. Overrun by grass and weeds, choked with too much burying. Desolate, lonely, crumbling gravestones. Spirit, before I draw nearer to that gravestone, answer me one question. Are, are these shadows of things that will be, or, or are they shadows of things that may be only? Will, will you not speak to me, Spirit? What is that grave to which you point? Ah, oh, now I see it. There's writing on that stone. The name on the gravestone is... Ebenezer Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, no. No, spirit. No, 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 no. Hear me. I'm not the man I was. What? Show me this if I'm past all hope. Tell me that I can change these dreadful shadows you've shown me by an altered life. I'll honor Christmas in my heart. I'll try to keep it all the year. I'll live in the past, the present, and the future. And I'll not shut out the lessons that they teach. Tell me, spirit. Oh, go on, tell me. Tell me that I can sponge away the writing on that stone, spirit. I beg you. Spirit, I beg you. Spirit, I promise, I promise on my knees, I promise I... Why, what's this? It's my own drape. Oh, I'm home, in my own bed, in my own room. And the sun, the sun shining. It's clear, it's bright, no fog. What a beautiful day. Oh, glorious, glorious. Hey, boy. Oh, you, boy, you down there. Yes, sir. What's... what's today? What's that, sir? What day is it, my fine fellow? Today? Why, it's Christmas Day, is Ha <laughs> ha! Christmas Day! Then I haven't missed it! The spirits have done it all in one night, all in one night, heaven be praised! How's that, sir? Listen, my lad, you know where the poulterer is in the next street? Well, I should say I do! Ha <laughs> ha! An intelligent boy, a remarkable boy! Tell me, do you know if they sold the prize turkey that was hanging in the window? The one as big as me, then? <laughs> yes. What a delightful boy. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Yes, yes, my buck. It's hanging there now, sir. That's wonderful. Go down, William, and tell them to send it to Bob Cratchit and his family on Broad Street. And mind you, they're not to know who paid for it. Go along. Hurry, hurry, my lad. Here, wait a minute. Here's half a crown for your trouble. Yes, sir. Yes, sir! And a Merry Christmas to you, sir! <laughs> and a Merry Christmas to you, my boy! Oh, I don't know what to do. I'm as light as a feather. I'm as happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a schoolboy. Merry Christmas 
A Merry Christmas to everybody. A Happy New Year to all the world. My dear sir, how do you do? I beg your pardon? Well, you, sir, aren't you the gentleman who came to my office in regard to that charity? Well, yes, sir. A Merry Christmas to you. Oh, thank you, sir. Allow me to ask your pardon, sir. And will you have the goodness to accept? I prefer to whisper this. Lord bless me! My dear Mr. Scrooge, are you serious? If you please. Now, not a farthing less. A great many back payments are included, I assure you. Will you do me that favour? Well, my dear sir, I don't know what to say to such... Now, don't say anything, please. Come and see me, will you? You come and see me. Well, indeed. <laughs> thank you. I'm much obliged to you. I thank you 50 times. Bless you. Merry Christmas. Next morning, Scrooge was early at his office. He went early for a reason. If he could only be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late, that was a thing he'd set his heart upon. And he did it. Yes, he did. The clock struck nine. No Bob. A quarter past? No Bob. Scrooge sat with his door wide open that he might come to see him in. At last he came. His hat was off before he opened the door. His comforter too. And he was on his stool in a jiffy, driving away with his pen as if he were trying to overtake nine o'clock. Fifteen, twenty-two, six, carry the one, twenty-four, carry the two, twenty-three, and eight, nine, and uh... Hello, you, Cratchit. Uh, uh, yes, sir? Step this way, Cratchit, if you please. Cratchit, what do you mean by coming in at this time of day? Why, oh, I, I, I am very sorry, sir. I, I am behind my time. You are. Yes, yes, I think you are. Oh, it's only once a year, Mr. Scrooge. It shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. I'll tell you what, my friend. I'll not stand this sort of thing any longer. And therefore, Bob Cratchit, I'm about to raise your salary. Mr. Scrooge, are you quite yourself, sir? No. No, thank heaven, I'm not quite myself. Merry Christmas, Bob. Merry Christmas, my good fellow. A merrier Christmas than I've given you in many a year. I shall raise your salary, and we'll see what we can do for Tiny Tim and the rest of your family, huh? We'll... We'll discuss it this very afternoon over a Christmas bowl of smoking bishop. Bob, make up the fire. Make it up and and buy another coal scuttle before you dot another I, Bob Cratchit. Scrooge is better than his word. He did it all, and indefinitely more. To Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became a good friend, as good a master, and as good a man, as good as the old city knew, or any old city town or borough in the good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but he let them laugh, and little heeded them. His own heart laughed. That was quite enough for him. He had no further intercourse with spirits, but lived upon the total abstinence principle ever afterwards, and it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that truly be said of us, of all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, every one.
Here at the Negative Nancy's Playhouse, we thank you for tuning in and take this time to wish you and your loved ones a very happy holiday and a happy new year. Wash your damn hands and wear a mask. Love you. Bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So judging Tyler's performance, what would everybody give him um, out of a one to ten? Starting with you, Chris, what would you give him? We're judging Tyler's performance now? Yeah, it's an acting class. Yeah, yeah. I guess we, so. We, ta- we, this, we talked about it. We talked about it. I oh, didn't I talk, didn't about, talk it. about it. No, okay, well, yeah, right. I, okay, sure. <laughs> of course we did. Of course. Um, well, okay. So I'm gonna, I, we're going to unpack this for a second if you really want me to do this. We're going to unpack this? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna unpack it for a second. We're gonna it. unpack Let's it for a it. second. I love it. Let's do it. Um. So. So. I. So the inference I get. So. So. Okay. Like. I'd. I'd love to come back and talk about woke culture. I have lots of thoughts about woke culture. So like the 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 just like base reaction is that it's very funny for Tyler to play all the girls. Like that it's empirically funny. Okay. And I lived it. Okay. And it was very funny. It was very funny to have <laughs> yes. Tyler play all the girls. Yes. Now. Now, the other side of that, though, like woke culture side, would be like it's historically accurate. I understand that. Yeah. I'm a theater teacher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, the woke side of that, though, is like all three um, straight guys, um, not including Tyler, um, who like to belittle him and degrade him. Think it's the most degrading thing for him to play the girls because being a girl is degrading. Is like the woke side of that, right? Um, so I, I sort of like can see, I sort of living this through both prisms. Um, so. Uh, for all of that, I'm going to give him a ton. I think he did great. A ton? Really? <laughs> I, I honestly thought you did very yeah. good. I'm very proud yeah. of you. It's very well done. Seriously. Well, thank okay. you. Thank you. Yeah, we gave you a hard part. I credit my knowledge to Ray Boucher. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and all, right, all the suffering I put him through. Nice. If only he listened to podcasts. But um, uh, no, I, again, again, I must say, I thought it was, he was, Tyler, you're very funny. You're very funny. It was ridiculous. You did a great job, bro. Thank you. Proud of you. Primo, what would you give him? Oh, a 10. It was ridiculous. Um, Matt? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, a 10. And a 10 for me. That gives you a 40, and um, you get a free ticket to Sabres game, and you are wearing a Sabres jersey right now, so that's great. And if the NHL <laughs> ever comes back, that is. Yeah. yeah. Hush, hush. Looking doubtful. R.I.P. With that, we remind you to wash your hands, uh, wear a mask, be nice to people, and um, enjoy a little bit of the holiday season. Okay. Yeah. Bye. This episode is brought to you in support of local theater companies from Buffalo, New York. For more complaining, visit negativenancyspod.com and follow along on Instagram at negativenancyspod and Facebook at negativenancyspodcast. If you'd like to send us love letters, you can reach us at hatemail at negativenancyspod.com. Let's Bitch with the Negative Nancys is available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, Matthew. You're welcome.